Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Offset, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers. Welcome into the show, Keith. How are you doing? Doing good. Um, fun show this week. We're going to be looking at middle linebacker uh, as our continued uh, series of looking at individual position groups. Um, this isn't it. There's, there's more names here than I thought there would be when I was um, sitting down to research this. Uh, in my head, I don't know why I was thinking there was only like five guys on, on the roster at this position, but there's a couple more than that. But honestly, other than Bobby Wagner, any conversation has to start there. Other than Bobby Wagner, there isn't much here. So it's going to be a problem. Well, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> you're considering Jordan Brooks not starting the year, and we haven't heard that definitively yet. And mm-hmm. I think if he does, I think we'll be just fine. If he sure. is going to have to spend eight weeks on IR before he comes back, yeah, we could be in trouble. Although, you go take a look at, at Devin Bush. He's the, you know, surrounded by good quality players. I think Devin Bush ends up being a decent uh, fill-in um, while we're waiting for Brooks to come back. Um, you we can talk about that in more depth. Yeah, okay. We'll get into that in more depth um, when we when get there. I'm Yeah. To me, this is the, other than nose tackle, where you're depending on a rookie to hold down the fort, um, this is the weakest position group on defense. Yeah, for the, like the fourth or fifth year in a row. Um, well, you know, uh, when, kind of. when Bobby was here and Brooks were here in his rookie season, you know, that, 
everything was was pretty decent but we were kind of in another uh scheme ish kind of a thing Mm -hmm. um but i yeah i agree with you uh yes uh of all the position groups both on offense and defense i would argue this is the second weakest uh position group but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the fatal flaw of of the defense yeah because we are pretty strong. I mean, you go look at all the other position groups. We've been talking about them. You know, after this show, we've got safeties and, and corners left to talk about. Um, and those those are going to be solid. We just came out of talking about edge rushers. That group was mm-hmm. was amazing. With what three four outside three four outside linebackers is probably the strongest um, position um, on the defense, other than cornerback um, and three four defensive ends the five and three tech one is also really strong. So yeah. on the outside cornerback outside linebacker defensive end, um, this defense is pretty stacked. It's much more, it's got a much better depth than I recognized before this series. Um, but up the middle nose tackle, middle linebacker and safety, it's sorry, uh, quite uh, frankly, not good enough. Are you of the philosophy team building roster philosophy that you're only as good as your weakest link? No, because I think you can scheme around weak links. Um, I do I think too. That, I think not having a nose tackle hurts, but I think the fact that the offense is loaded uh, means the offense is going to score and defense is, needs to be good at defending the pass much more than defending the run. And um, having a nose tackle is going to be less of a big deal with teams trying to put the ball up 35 to 40 times a game on Seattle to keep up with our offense. Yeah. And again, and you mentioned that before too. And, and I was like, well, what a crazy weird philosophy for Pete Carroll to have, but I know, right. Sometimes, sometimes that's the way that you, um, it ends up, you know, when you're, when you're building a roster around, um, and sometimes you've got a weak position group and, and, and we do have a a couple and, Mm -hmm our offense is going to be amazing. I mean, it really is. The question is, I think the the biggest question for me is how far this team can go is going to be dictated upon turnovers. Like how many turnovers can the defense get? And mm-hmm. if it's in the top <clears throat> five teams on, on turnovers and turnover ratios, this team actually could, could get a thing as far as the NFC championship game. Yeah. <clears throat> this is, a, this is a contending team. If they can get, if, if this team in terms of turnover differential is in the top five, they are, um, they are a contender. Yeah. The offense is going to be, the offense is going to be really good. The defense is going to be okay. But yeah. if the defense being is okay and statistically, but is getting a bunch of turnovers, um, that's going to be enough. It, it really is. Um, because being okay in terms of yards and that kind of stuff, um, the turnovers make up for a lot of those yards because it keeps points off the board or it gives your offense another shot. And with the offense being as um, just dynamic as it is um, in terms of the athletes on it, um, you know, you give the offense a couple more chances per game, they're going to put points on the board and other teams aren't going to be able to keep up. So um, yeah, that, that really comes down to it. But but is Bobby, get, you know, let's get to the nuts and bolts of this show. Is mm-hmm. Bobby a Wag, Wagner enough to 
for this for this group to be successful, and I'm just talking middle linebackers here in a three four. Yeah. Um, is he enough to kind of pull this thing uh, to kind of a league average group? I don't know. Um, Bobby Wagner has lost a step or two. He is not. If you watched him last year, he is not playing at the all pro level that he did for like for his entire career until he left Seattle. Um, maybe the last year that he was here, he also, you know, was a little slower. He is still playing at a pro bowl level. He is still a damn good football player, but he isn't the, one of the greatest of all times level, um, at this point. Um, and you know what? That's he, like I said, he's still a really good player. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to break with you just a little bit on that. Okay. I, it's interesting as players evolve over, over time and Bobby Wagner started out really good and developed like within, by year three, he was an all pro basically. And he was surrounded with a really good defense drafted in 2012, second round, eight time pro bowler, six time all pro. And you're right. Lost a step. There's no question. We saw that about three years ago, Mm -hmm. really. And, and it had to, you know, a lot of that had to do with the knee situation. He had the knee, uh, you know, which he still in, has in, injections a couple of years in a row now, three, four years in a row, probably. Mm-hmm. And, but, but he's probably one of the smartest players in the league sure. and he's one of the most mature players in the league. Also, and, true. He, and he's also one of the best leaders in the league. Also true. And so all those things, all those things haven't changed. I think that makes up for the speed difference because his instincts are as good as they've ever been. True. And Um, he's surrounded by really decent players. He had those instincts when he was one of the fastest linebackers in the NFL. Now he has those instincts, but he's not one of the fastest linebackers in the NFL. But he knows how to put himself in a position to be successful. You go watch he, his play. No, he does. LA, and you know what? Pro Football Focus had him ranked as the number one middle linebacker in the NFL, not on reputation, on play. Yeah. Um, and so I, and I, I think I mean, he's still I, got a little bit in the tank there as long as he's put in a position to be successful. And I think I've Seattle never, I wasn't will do saying that. that he doesn't have anything left in the tank. I said straight up, he's still a damn good football player. I think he's. And all, um, a pro bowler, but is he an all? Is he still the all pro that Bobby Line, Bobby Wagner used to be? I think I'd take a a pro bowler in this defense in the middle, uh, and feel pretty decent about it, based on our edge rushers, our defensive ends, Cameron Young, potentially adding probably another veteran before we get into the regular season in that spot. We're just too weak. I I just can't see us going any further with just Cameron Young on the roster. And then, um, you know, our back ends, potentially one of the best in the NFC, you know, save maybe one, one club out there or two, maybe. And so that's why I asked, is Bobby Wagner enough to pull this thing along? Because I think he, he is. He and then you add Jordan Brooks positions. to that. If Jordan Brooks is there, if, even if Jordan if. Brooks is 95%, <clears throat> That group is yeah. definitely enough, I think, to to make this team really solid. And I'm and by really solid, I mean I think we have an opportunity to finish the regular season as a top ten unit, both in yards allowed and points scored against. 
and turnover ratio. Yeah. And, and that's a really nice combo. I don't know. Like I said, he, um, he can, Bobby Wagner is, is, is there, but he, he is one guy trying to play two positions. Cause who plays? What do you mean by that? Who plays next to him? I think you you're discounting too much. These are professional football players, Keith. I think you're di- discounting too much. You're reading too much into what people have said about Devin Bush as opposed to what Pete Carroll and Clint Hurt and Bobby Wagner are going to ask Devin Bush to do. Um, and I think that he's better than advertised in those things and and less so as a uh, rating, jumping through traffic and knocking down players. I think I don't know that they're necessarily going to ask him to do that. He's not that good at that. But he is good at other things, like good in coverage, good coming off the edge. You know, if he's if he's rebounded fully from his knee and he's got the confidence, I think he can, in this defense, I think he can do really well. Now, I'm not going to take anything away from the Pittsburgh defense. That defense that's, is solid and well-coached. That's the thing. Pittsburgh defense is solid. It's got talent. It's very well-coached. And he was the weak link of that defense well they let him go he was a first round draft pick in and uh in 2019 yeah and they didn't give him a fifth year option they let him walk he was the weak link on that defense why how and why do you believe he is going to be better because he was surrounded by talent and he was it's a well-coached defense they weren't asking it wasn't this isn't a situation where they were asking him to be someone he's not they were trying to tailor the scheme around his limitations. Why yeah. is it going to be better in Seattle? He, was, he played in a, he played kind of a similar role as Jamal Adams played for this team before he's, you know, when he's been healthy enough to be on the field. So mostly never. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, you know, Devin Bush before the injury, four, four, three, 40, one, 0.50 split, which is primo, uh, for almost 41 inch vertical career, 48 to 45 games starts, two interceptions, three, pa- 13 pass breakups, two forced fumbles, four sacks, 186 combo tackles, um, 13 tackles for locks, 10 quarterback hits. So they're, you know, they're blitzing them. They're using them, you know, coming around the edge, off the edge and so forth. Um, and in coverage and, he just doesn't have the bodies like uh 511 234 compared to Bobby Wagner's almost 250 pounds. He's mm-hmm. he's not a traditional middle linebacker guy. He's more of a will. And I don't know here's okay I'll 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 give you this. He's I don't know why they signed him for, to play in this scheme. So I want to know what your thoughts are and how they're going to deploy him next to Bobby Wagner. They signed him specifically because they didn't believe Brooks was going to be ready for week one. And they just, they wanted a veteran um, stand in next to, until Brooks got back. They wanted something other than a cardboard standee next to um, Bobby Wagner. That, and really that's it. Um, he was available. He was relatively cheap. Um, he's on an entirely cuttable contract. Um, but you got to look at Brooks Brooks. It was a week 17 ACL injury. 
He then had to wait all the way until the end of January for the swelling to go down enough for them to do the surgery. So he, it wasn't just, oh, it was, you know, a December injury. It was, the surgery didn't happen until January. He won't be back for week one. That would be absolutely unheard of. That would be a month faster than Adrian Peterson got back from his. And his was an unprecedented quick return. And now you're going to, you're expecting a linebacker to do it in, you know, a, a month even shorter than that. It's yeah, it's asking for too much. Um, I want Brooks to be given the proper amount of time to get fully back because he's got to be able to do all this stuff physically, but you also have to be able to trust the knee, and that takes some time too. They need to give him an opportunity to get his uh, body right before they throw him back on the field. And so with Brooks, I just don't. So I, would am the Seahawks, not, I am not counting on him until at least week six. <clears throat> would the Seahawks be better off than, in your opinion, without seeing Bush on the field during training camp, I'm just asking you in June, would the Seahawks be better off? I'm sorry, I'm getting a little mic buzz in here. Hopefully you guys can't hear this. Um, would the Seahawks be better off l- taking a really long look at Vi Jones or John Radigan in this role? Yeah. I mean, you're, especially in June, right? So we're talking about pre-training camp. As they get into training camp and they get into the preseason, you have to look at the kids. Bush is a known quantity. He he was a first-round pick. He was super athletic. He was really productive in college. He came in. He blew out his knee. Then the recovery from the knee surgery um was abnormally um poor in terms of he just didn't regain the athleticism he had he didn't have the explosiveness that he had pre-injury um which in today's um you know in today's nfl and, and whatever like the surgeons are so good that you usually get it all back right that's not usually the thing um or you get most of it and his drop off in in athleticism because of the the knee injury is is odd but you know what um unfortunately it it happened um and so okay he's a known quantity you know it's there but you need to go into this and evaluate the hell out of guys like vi jones and john radigan who the team loves the team the team loves both those guys because if one of them can beat out bush for that uh third linebacker spot which basically means starting week you know for the first six weeks until brooks gets back um then you you'd go that route because like vi jones especially is fast Mm -hmm. he's got some speed um and then radigan isn't quite doesn't quite have the speed but he's got a little he's got more size and a little more savvy to him so if either of those guys can really work out how do you not just roll with it Especially next to Bobby Wagner, surrounded by a really decent defense. You know, yeah. they've got some help around them with the safeties. We've got an experienced safety uh, group <clears throat> that we'll talk about next next show. Mm-hmm. And then up front. So um, it, it may make sense if there's going to be one spot on the roster you'd give to kind of an inexperienced guy. It might be one of those guys. 
Yeah, and I would rather give it to one of those guys. Um, really? I think I mean, so. What do you know about Bush that's really kind of throwing you? I, other than just his his stats and he didn't live up to the first round thing. I mean, top 10 oh, pick. I, I, I went kind of, yeah, he was a top 10 pick. And as, as a rookie, he looked <clears throat> solid. Like he looked like he was going to be the thing. But then he got the knee injury. And when he came back, he just looked slow. He didn't look explosive. And he's never really regained that form. Um, watch a little tape from him. And you see a guy that's a step late um, getting to where he needs to be. Um, like, especially against the run. Right. Um, if he was a step, a step further, a step, um, one more step closer to the line, he'd be in position to make a tackle, but he's not. And so the running back is able to get by him. And you see that over and over and over again. And it would be different if he was playing on a team where, you know, the front wasn't very good. Um, and so he was having to dig through traffic more or, um, you know, the, uh, other linebackers were were in a situation where he was holding, he was pausing a step because he needed to be able to read multiple gaps um, as far as what's going on, uh, but he wasn't. He's playing in Pittsburgh. And as much as uh, us up here in the Northwest don't necessarily like Pittsburgh, you have to admit that it's a very well-coached defense. The guy's know what they're doing and it's a talented defense they know what they're doing they know what's expected to them they get to the right spots um and bush was just a step late every single time yeah up until last year keith butler was his uh his uh defensive coach and keith butler spent time with the seahawks when he was yes, a he young did. pup as a as a linebacker um i'm just i just want to wait and see i think from devin bush what what there is obviously the team signed him uh and signed him for a cheap contract um and i just want to see if there's something there that that the team can work with and adds to the unit i mean i don't know that it's going to be necessarily any worse um than, than what we've had in the last two or three years at that position well i mean last year you had a healthy jordan brooks who is went before his injury super fast, super athletic, all of those things, and an underrated, um, okay, the name just skipped my, my, no, it skipped um, my, my head too, sorry. Oh, genius. I was hoping you'd um, have it. <laughs> B last, B last name is not Nick Ballore. Um, but the, the two middle linebackers, they athletically, um, were solid. That's a good group. And before that, you had Bobby Wagner, a younger Bobby Wagner, and in, in this, uh, you know, in the middle. So you're like, oh, it's been better than in the last two or three years. I, I think this is. The I, mean, weakest. I don't think it's gonna be worse. I don't. I just. I, think I don't know. This is gonna be better. But. This is the weakest the middle linebacker group has been. I think last year Bobby, was <laughs> since Bobby Wagner was drafted in 2012. Because last year they had two guys, and this year they have one. And it happens to be uh, Bobby Wagner, who's, you know, two years older from the last time we saw him. Yeah. Well, it was Jordan Brooks and a career backup dude. <clears throat> and then, um, yeah. Interesting. I know. It's I, an, older, an older Bobby Wagner. Yeah. 
and a guy that's probably not in the league a year from yeah, now. Yeah, and and I still think that Bobby Wagner's got enough to to carry this group. I really do. And and who knows on Jordan Brooks? They were they're pretty bullish on him uh, having an opportunity to come back possibly by the first of the season. Usually that doesn't work out. I I it won't. will grant I, you this. I have I have. It's not just my own cynical nature. Just the pure. <laughs> um, what would be expected of him in terms of recovery, healing, rehab, all those things to get his body back into the right spot when you can't work out and run and do any of those things for a long time. You've really got to build up strength and flexibility and everything once you're allowed to, which because of the late surgery means, you know, we're in June. He may or may not be doing those things now. Um, and the idea that he would get back to 100%, you know, um, by September is like, he's he has, there's a lot of atrophy that happens in that leg. He's got to build up a lot of strength to get back to where he was. And I think it's unreasonable to, to ask him to and expect him to uh, be ready to go. No one else is coming back that quickly. Like I said, Adrian Peterson is uh, is the... Um, the absolute fastest that we've ever seen anyone come back from an, um, an ACL injury. And he had a month longer, like he, his surgery was a month earlier than Brooks's. So, uh, by the, by the way, the player we've been both trying to, uh, look for and remember is Cody Barton. Barton. So linebacker no, with a B name. That's not, no, <laughs> and I don't need to remind you this, but I'm going to, um, the, the room last year with Brooks, earning his first really kind of premier starting kind of role with the, with the defense, calling the plays, having the green sticker on his helmet next to Barton, a career backup who maybe earned an opportunity, but nonetheless, Keith, we talked about it before the season. That was the weakest link on the defense. And we were kind of Mm -hmm. upset that they really didn't address that in the off season, bringing at least somebody that's um, that had some competence there as uh, on a starting role. How is that? How is that worse than what there is now? Well, because you got Bobby Wagner back. You still have one player who can play that yeah. you know of. Yeah, and Bobby and, Wagner's better than Jordan Brooks. I love Jordan Brooks; he's great. Um, but Bobby Wagner. So still, you have one player who can play. Last year you had Cody Devin Barton. Bush is better than Cody Barton. Hell no. That's, yes, he is. Hell no. Yes, he is. That's not even. That's not even remotely true. That's my, that might be the most Homer thing you've ever said on this show. Devin Bush. Well, if I was a Homer, I'd, I'd be all over uh, Cody Barton, but I'm not. I, you know, Cody, Cody Barton was an average, was, was an, a league average player. Yes, he was a league <clears throat> average player. He was better than a lot of the fans thought, um, but he was a and league average player. I think Devin Bush player. is a league Dev, average player. Devin Bush hasn't been a league average player since he came back from his knee injury. He's had three years. Of being a well, I think below he's underrated, dude. I don't, a, I don't, so. I don't think so. He is a significantly inferior at, player. No, you go look at the grades. He's got middling grades. They're you know in the low sixties. I'll I'll give you that. But so did Cody Barton. Cody Barton had coverage grades that were a little higher, but tackling grades, dude. He missed so many tackles. He had one mm-hmm. of the highest missed tackle rates in the NFL, and a low tackle grade. Devin Bush is right in the middle of you know, in the 60 to 65 range in both pass coverage and tackling. He's, he's got, not as, 
He's not uh, as fast. Two interceptions, 13 pass breakups, two forced he's not fumbles, as fast. four sacks. He's not as athletic. 186 combo tackles. All those blow Cody Barton out of the water. And and I'm just saying that. <clears throat> and he played you know, in a much better defense. Yeah. A well, much I mean, better defense. Statistically. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. He had he had better talent around him. He had um, a scheme that fit him better. I think we're just under underselling Devin Bush. I don't. Wait until he shows up. Yeah. Um, and I still think that Cody Barton is was better than than fans give him credit for. He had a couple of really bad games where he missed a lot of tackles. Over pursues. Um, but he had his angles are just awful. He also had some good games. And then go look at the Bush tape. You and tell me that there's anything that you would say about Cody Barton. That isn't also true about Devin Bush. All the right. only I'll, difference I'll, I'll is instead I'll of take you up on that challenge. Instead of taking bad angles, he's simply just too slow to get there. That's the difference. Okay. I don't I don't think so, but we'll we'll see. But you've got one think... player, you've got one um backup quality player next to him, and you've got nothing behind them. It's essentially the same situation as last it is essentially the same. Because as good as Bobby Wagner is, he is no <laughs> longer he is no longer the athletic freak he was when he came came into the league, and so you've got you've still got one player, and two, for two spots, and you've gotten slower and less at, less athletic, with Jordan Brooks in the wings. Mid season, so it's slightly better. It's slightly better, and then you've got, of course, Nick Bellore. You, you kind of threw his name out there haphazardly earlier, Keith, but yes, we need to give him his count. due. Come on. He 34 years due. old, 6'1", 250. He's the largest linebacker on the team. That's going for him. And and in a pinch, dude, he can play fullback for you. He can play special teams. Uh, he makes he is the, a special he's the teams second highest paid. He's the second highest paid. He's the 45th highest paid linebacker in the entire NFL. Keith. He's not a linebacker. <laughs> you list, they, they list him on as a linebacker. Cause you have to put him, you have to put a position next to him and they're, they're not allowed to put special teams as a position. That's what he is. He is the special teams captain. He is practically a coach. Add that as to far as special, special teams, captain, as, 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 he's practically a coach on special teams. He is, here a hundred percent of the way to be a special teams guy and honestly he's really freaking good at it but and he's the watch, funniest guy on the team i've heard that <laughs> but when you <laughs> but when you he's a great he's a great locker room presence but when you see him out there on the field like go like watch the preseason games from last year it's not pretty how many how many um did he take more offensive snaps last year or defensive snaps keith your guess. I'm going to say defense. How how many defensive snaps do you think he took all season? Twenty four. How many offensive snaps? Fourteen. Wow. How'd I do? Well, you give him a lot of credit. Um, <laughs> this is seventeen on offense. Mm, Seven, that was seventeen. Close. Yeah, I was only two percent. Two percent of the offensive snaps that that he was available for. And then uh, nine defensive snaps. One, one wow, percent. so it was a lot less than I thought. Yeah, but 352 special team snaps. 
when yeah. Cody um Cody Barton got nicked up in a game and I thought I remembered it being it falling on um Belor to come in and and play and I didn't realize I didn't realize it was only nine snaps. Um, that's why I thought I think it was, that more... was the year I think the year prior he had a lot more defensive snaps. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, because it was um, there was like a stretch of four or five games there where that we saw way too much of him. Yeah. Nick Nick Ballore <clears throat> has value. And I know that his presence four million dollars. That is probably more than he's worth. Uh but his presence on the roster pisses some people off because he offers nothing to the defense. But special teams matters in the NFL. It absolutely does. And he is one of the best in the entire league at what he does. Yeah. As far back as I can remember, Keith, Seattle has designated a really, you know, pretty much a special team specialist yep. on, on this roster. And it just happens to be Nick Ballore, and it has been for the last, this will be, what, his fifth or sixth season with Seattle. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. And let's then talk we, the, yeah, let's talk about the kids because there's yeah, a couple of so there's a couple I, of kids on this roster that I like. One okay. is Vi Jones. Um yeah. a he he spent last year mostly on the practice squad. He's a little old for a guy that's that's got one practice squad here only, but he's um 6'2, 225, slightly undersized. He's already also already um 25 years old. Oddly, he's older than Devin Bush. Who has five years in the league? That is funny. Um, he had forty-three special team snaps in twenty twenty-two. Yes, they he, like he had, him. A, they like him a lot. Yep, he so was we'll, able to get we'll it. See. He he started on the practice squads most of the year on the practice squad. Got himself up onto the roster. I was shocked when he got cut. He had a great um, preseason. He had a great roster. camp, great preseason, and given the con- in complete lack of depth at middle linebacker, I thought he had a spot. If if Nick uh, Bloor did not exist as a human being, it would have been by Jones. Yeah. But they gave Nick Bloor the spot. Um, and then the other thing is they got Vi Jones through onto the practice squad, which means that when they needed him, they could elevate him um, onto the um, onto the game day roster. And then later in the season when there were injuries, they could act, you know, they could just activate him and put him on the 53. So um, which they did. And so he was able to get on in there in special teams. He's quick. That kid's got some speed. He's undersized, but um, he's if I was, super if, athletic. If I was Vi Jones, if you were Vi Jones, right, you're taking a look at this roster. You got Bobby Wagner coming back. That's got to be exciting to you. You know Brooks is hurt. Mm-hmm. And you've got Devin Bush, who's washed as a first-round draft pick. Yeah. Uh, if I was Vi Jones, I would have worked my ass off this offseason to get myself yep. in a primo spot I would have been in that building every day in the weight room around the, the coaches. Yep. Diving into the, into the playbook. And I would just have put on literally, I just would have lived there. I would and, have put on five to 10 pounds of muscle. So then I would then be two thirty to two um, thirty five, which puts him at the same weight range as Devin Bush, but he's faster. He's more explosive. He's more athletic. He's taller. Um, he's three yeah, inches taller. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, give him a chance to go win that spot. Um, like I said, I thought he had a spot last year. He looked, yeah, he was with the third unit. And so it was a lot of the th- second half and fourth quarter against guys that didn't make it into the league and whatnot. But there were times when he was the best player on the field in those situations. Um, I like him. I actually think given all things being equal, if it was, you know, you ignore contracts and whatnot. Um, Brooks is hurt. 
and not doesn't start the year, Fi Jones has a chance at that starting job. I really think so. I do too. And he should. But you know who the team likes even more? Sean John Radigan. Which yeah. we've never seen. Age 24. He's, he's appeared yep. in five games in 2022, had 96 special team snaps, 70% of the, the snaps available that he could have taken during those five games. But nonetheless, it, it took him a while to come back last year. He was still recovering um, mm-hmm. for, from a knee. So they kept him on IR until the midseason, basically. But they really do like him. They like him a lot as a yep. as a person, as a player, as a as a leader, um, as a guy that just works his ass off. Um, so that that competition right there is actually he's much more of an one old, of the most interesting guys. He's much more of an old school linebacker. He's not as fast, doesn't have that, but he is um he's a strong he's really strong, like he's physical, he squares people up, he um tackles really well. Um you know, is a kind of a more old school middle linebacker, uh, whereas Vi Jones is more of you know fast, undersized, like be all over the place. Um, I want to see John Radigan this training camp because yeah, he hurt his you know I think he hurt his knee and he missed like half the season last year, and even once he got back, he never really got a look um, because you know when Jordan Brooks did finally get hurt by then Tanner Muse had kind of. Um, taking that spot, but Muse is yep. gone, <laughs> and Cody and, Barton ended up playing well enough to start the entire season. So, yeah, he had some games where it was it was rough, but then he turned it around and and actually had some other games where he was really good, um, or at least good. I wouldn't say really good, but overall it balanced out to being about league average. Um, you know, but John Radigan is a guy that had he not been hurt, very well could have pushed Cody Barton for snaps early in the season I agree. Um, and now we get a chance to see him he's just gotta he's gotta stay healthy and he's gotta come out and show us what is it that the linebacker coaches you know that uh the position coaches love about him because we haven't seen enough of him um with the defense even during the preseason to get an idea of exactly what he's about um and is he as good as we keep being told he is? Yeah. You know, I I keep hearing from, like, uh, guys that are around the team a little bit, like Corbin Smith, uh, bring John, mm-hmm. John Radigan's name up um, more than once this offseason uh, as a player to, to watch. And so I'm, I'm paying attention to that a little bit and, and kind of seeing what happens there. All right. There's a couple mm-hmm. of undrafted guys. Um, I had Cam Bright on this list because I think they they would probably move him uh, inside on a roster Yep. in college. He kind of played a will. Same with Patrick O'Connell. We talked about Patrick O'Connell on our last show a little bit as a kind of an edge player that possibly would be moved inside. We six just one, haven't two, had this. 6'1", 227. So he's, I mean, we talked about him as an edge player. I think he's more of a middle linebacker, but... um. I mean, he's a guy that had a lot of tackles in college, but played, um, you know, kind of a lower on a lower level team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cam Bright, um, you know, is about the same size, six foot, two twenty eight. Um, but he is an ath- he's an athlete. Um, he goes from playing That's on the strong. outside, yeah, mm-hmm. playing on the outside to p- now he's got to learn how to play in the middle. Um, and yeah, on the bench press, when it comes to like the testing, 
99th percentile, mm-hmm. right? These seriously and broad jump 94th percentile, um, just better than everybody else at, uh, those things good, good wingspan, good length. Um, but isn't particularly athletic in terms of his agility score or his four, I guess it's 40 times good. Um, but you know, way undersized the first percentile, um, in terms of weight for a middle linebacker. Um, well, he was listed at the, you know, at at his pro day at 219 pounds. You you mentioned 229. I don't know where he's at, you know, right now, but that's what he's, that's what he's listed at on the Seahawks roster. Okay. And that, that might be, that might be wishful thinking. (laughs) So we'll (laughs) see. I mean, there's just a couple guys there right now. They're just, you know, camp bodies and, and we'll find out how that, that happens. But I agree. This is one of the weaker spots on the roster especially until Brooks comes back. If Brooks comes mm-hmm. back and pairs with Bobby Wagner down the stretch, this could end up being a, a decent unit that comes around just at the right time to in, infuse Seattle with some talent there uh, to, to put them over the hump Brooks on, and their, Bobby, on their defense. Brooks and Bobby together in the middle of this defense was what they envisioned when they drafted Jordan Brooks. It didn't work out cap-wise and all those things to keep Bobby around last year. And now they've got Bobby back, but Brooks is hurt. At some right. point, I do hope we get to see Brooks and Bobby together in the middle of this defense because I think special things will happen. I really do. No matter what happens, well, I mean, they could sign both players next year, but both players are, are in their last year of a contract. Wagner's one-year deal. Brooks is at the end of his fourth year on his rookie contract. Did not have the fifth-year option extended to him. Uh, especially yep. with the unknowns about being that hurt was, and so forth. Yep, that was that was an injury <clears throat> issue. That's why that wasn't picked up. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Hopefully he can play himself into it and do a decent deal with Seattle. It might be a one year deal just to prove it deal. Uh, mm-hmm. and I'm talking twenty twenty four. Um, just because that's sometimes the way these things work when you come back mid season from injury and you're in the contract year. So um interesting group. I you know, I, I I think that I feel a little bit better about it than you do, but I, nonetheless, the only reason I feel a little bit better about it is because we've got a really nice, decent back end to kind of cover their, their back. Um, and then on the front, the edges are just so good. So I'm, I'm a little concerned about the primary position that helps them the most, which is nose tackle, mm-hmm. um, on this, on this roster, but we'll That's see, we'll see. Yeah, I just you look at at this defense and where it's weak is up the middle, right? Nose tackle right in the center of the defensive line, um, the middle linebacker spot next to Bobby Wagner, right in the middle of the of the linebacker group, and um, honestly, um, I know you keep talking up the safeties. I think there is, um, I think there's concern there, and we'll get into that next show. Yeah, okay, sounds good. I love these shows. Um, yep. I will say that the the overall, I think it's pretty clear that the defense is, has improved, even with the even with the even with the issues at nose tackle and middle linebacker. Those issues were there. I mean, okay, maybe not nose tackle, but the the defensive ends are so much better than last year. The the outside linebackers are so much better than last year. Um, overall, this is a significantly better defense. And I think that needs to be 
said because even though as i like go through and i'm like no they have these major problems i'm not saying that it's all doom and gloom this defense is significantly better there's one that. final one final note has nothing to do with the defense. <clears throat> I've got some bad news. Uh-oh. Yeah. One of our favorite undrafted rookie free agents was cut. What? Off of, off of this roster. Who? You're going to be you're going to be devastated. CJ Johnson, wide receiver. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder why. Well, they Resigned a defensive tackle. I don't have the name in front of me, but yeah, they're just shuffling, shuffling yep. players around like they do this time of the year. But CJ yep. Johnson, that surprised me a little bit. I actually was, yeah, that's surprising. CJ Johnson had a chance, I thought, to um, make it as the sixth wide receiver. But you know, guy. I've heard that they like Jake Bobo so well that I've heard Jake, I keep hearing Jake Bobo's name. Yeah. The 6'5 guy with. No, no speed. speed or whatever, but he's right. in six five, which makes him impossible to to cover because even if he's covered, he's not really covered. Um, Sometimes when you don't have any speed, but you do everything else really well, that's all that matters. And, well, and being six five helps. Yeah, truly. Um, yeah, that, but I thought that was interesting because I thought C.J. Johnson. When you take a look at the film with with the other guy, that uh, um, the the quarterback that we talked about Holton Allers mm -hmm. uh, we both mentioned when you go look at Holton Allers throw the ball for what is it, Eastern Carolina yeah um CJ Johnson's the the name that keeps popping up as, as yeah, the guy that's receiving all all his balls so you go to watch Holton Allers tape and you come away mm -hmm. from it going CJ Johnson is is an NFL player you don't come away from it thinking that Holton Allers necessarily right. is, is an NFL player. You come away with it thinking that CJ Johnson is. Um, so it is surprising a little bit. But, but our but our wide receiver room is the wide receiver decent. room. Is kind, it's kind of loaded. Yeah. And um, we don't know what happened with the because right there been they've been going through OTAs and if he goes out there and has a crummy attitude or just isn't picking up the offense, isn't doing what uh, the coaches want. Okay, let's go try someone else. Yeah. That it's that that time of year. Yeah, you want to make the is. roster, especially as an undrafted guy. Get with the program, man. You gotta do you gotta do those little things. All right. You heard it from Keith. Get with the program. Follow Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. <laughs> follow me at NWC Hawk. You can follow the show at Hawks Playbook. Seahawksplaybook.com is the website. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform when you do. Hit the subscribe button to make sure you get all the shows into your feed every week. Um, two or three shows a week, even in the off-season. YouTube channel. Uh, we've got lots of subscribers there. Join the crowd. Hit that subscribe button and help us out. So until next time, go, go Hawks. Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at MyersNFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.
Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.